You were listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. And here is Thanksgiving. Like, I swear it was just March 13th the other day. Like, literally, weren't we just starting this pandemic? And here we are, almost finished with the year, and it is still happening. Now, in some aspects, this has been a blessing of a year that this wasn't worse, that it wasn't more of a society killer, that it didn't ravage through the entire world. It has also been extremely sad because there are a lot of y'all out there who've lost someone close to you, whether it's your inner circle or whether it's just a circle or two outside of your direct self. And I can't possibly understand what it must be like to have lost a family member or a friend or someone close to you during a global virus pandemic. No doubt when you hear people complaining about wearing face masks or having to stay inside and keep themselves quarantined, that it probably super pisses you off that these people aren't taking this seriously considering what you've literally had to witness happening in your life. And so for those of you who have experienced that, let me just you know wish you the best this holiday season and that everything emotionally is... Growable. Don't know how to say this in, in a way that doesn't come off whack, but it's like emotions are tricky. And if this has been an emotionally challenging year, whether you've lost anybody or not, this is where that emotional self awareness and self management that we talked about last week when I was discussing the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book comes in, right? Being able to internalize your emotions and, and, and move through them so that you're able to grow through this ordeal and you're able to come out on the other side of it a stronger version of yourself, realizing that there is a plethora of ways that people were going to react to a global pandemic and not everybody is going to see it the way that you do because of whatever has been taken from you. Perhaps it's a loved one. It was just your freedom to go to college. Perhaps it was your graduation from high school. Perhaps it was your graduation from college. Hell, it could have been a wedding or it could have been a funeral. There could be so many things that just aren't the same. And last year when I was doing this episode right before Thanksgiving, I was talking a lot about how you go home from being away for so long it was episode 27, I do believe. It was about limiting beliefs and limiting mindset. You go home from having been away for so long, and it's like you're a different person. And now you're stepping into this world of how people used to see you or used to behave or used to react to you. And now there's a new version of you that shows up at home. 
Well, this year could be quite different for a lot of you. For a lot of you, you may not have left home at all. For a lot of you, you may have been home ever since March. Or you did go back to campus, but it was a shell of what it used to be. You know, you couldn't have parties in your Greek house, or you couldn't have parties on the uh, at the dorm, or you couldn't even, you know, go to the cafeteria. It used to be a buffet, and now it's not. And, I mean, I can only imagine the changes. I remember what college life was like for me, and everything was very communal. And now that stuff has been taken away. I can read everything I can read about it online, but we can, no one can really know the experiences that you were all going through. And how this is going to radically change not just your college experience, but the world that will be waiting for you out there once you graduate. Right? We could be looking at live concert venues and sporting events not being able to have full capacity or even be held um, for uh, the whole rest of 2021. Could, maybe not. We could be looking at a lot of things. And this is what I wanted to become the meat of the show is being very mindful of the could kind of mindset. Last year when I talked about limiting belief and limiting mindsets, right, it was this idea of fixed to growth mindset or from a scarcity to an abundance mindset or from an entertainment to an education mindset where you're using a toward versus a way, right? Whenever you're using positive energy, you're going towards something. When you're using a negative energy to get away from something, Right, like you, it's like if you're going to school so that you can get uh, a college degree, so that you can have a successful career and an amazing family and have economic security for the rest of your life. That's a toward motivation. If you're going to school to get a degree so that you don't end up poor, so you don't end up sleeping in your car and eating out of garbage cans, that's an away motivation. Right. Either way, you're pretty damn sure you're going to get a degree, but you could either use energy that's trying to keep you out of a garbage can to fuel you getting this degree, or you could use energy of, you know, having a nice home and 3.5 kids and 2.2 dogs. As you step into this idea of becoming the best version of yourself, and we talked about this last year, there are three primary securities you must give up. Certainty of the future, fear of judgment, and other people's definition of success. And this still holds true even in a corona pandemic world. The certainty of the future. If anything has been taken away in this process over the last year, it has been the certainty of a future. Maybe we will have full sporting events in the spring or summer, and maybe we won't. Maybe we'll have live music, and maybe we won't. Maybe you'll be able to have buffets again, and maybe we won't. Maybe you'll be able to throw parties in your Greek house or at your dorm or in your or in your off-campus house, or maybe you won't, right? We don't know. But sitting here gripping onto the wheel as you drive through this journey of your life, deathly afraid that the tire might blow, ruins the entire journey. Because the tire may blow or the tire may not blow. But if you're white-knuckling the wheel the entire time thinking that it will, you're not even having an opportunity to enjoy the experience that is the road trip to begin with. You can do everything in your power to prepare for the road trip. Make sure that the donut in your trunk has enough air. Make sure that you've got an emergency blanket and a pillow and a change of clothes and some water and some beef jerky and some protein bars. So if the car does break down by some crazy chance in the middle of the desert, you'll be able to subsist 
on protein bars and water rather than, I don't know, desert lizards. Right? You can prepare as much as possible, but once you've done everything you can to prepare, it's time to release the rest of it out there into the world and say, it, let it be whatever it be. It is, like My girlfriend loves to say it is what it is. And a lot of things, it is just what it is. I don't like that. Because it is what it is, just seems like it takes away the power for me to make a choice for it to go a different way. But there are some things that are out of our control. Live music venues opening up and frat parties starting up again and buffets at the dorm. Those are some things that are out of our control. We can't control that. That's other people to decide. What we can control is our emotions around the choices that are being made that affect us on a regular basis. If you have this fixed mindset where the government's out to get you or the school president hates you and doesn't want you to have fun and do all this stuff, then that's fixed. Most of the stuff that's being done right now is being done to bypass a slew of lawsuits that could come up if they don't make these decisions. If we don't take the buffets out of the dorm cafeterias and then 500 people get sick, we're going to get sued for negligence. So let's just shut it down. If we don't stop people from going into a live concert venue and then going and seeing a band becomes a super spreader event, the band gets sued, Live Nation gets sued, the venue gets sued, hell, the person who sold t-shirts outside in the parking lot gets sued. A lot of these decisions that are being made are just being made because we're in such a a sue culture. We're in such a, a legalistic, let's take everybody to the cleaners because something happened that they were a part of and I'm going to blame them for the choice I made to attend this event or to go to that buffet. A growth mindset says, this is what it is. They're doing the best they can. I don't honestly think some of these politicians are looking to put 20,000 restaurants and hotels and concert venues and flower shops out of business. I do think that they're worried about the legal ramifications if they don't step in and do something. I do think that they're worried about their legacy being tarnished if 150,000 people in their city died during a global pandemic and they could have perhaps lowered the numbers if they would have put more effort into keeping people at home. I also think that some of the decisions that are being made are being made out of fear and not being made out of conscious thought and rational thinking. We don't honestly know what the next year is going to look like, but we sure as hell know what the last nine months looked like. And we didn't do a very good job. We didn't do a good job controlling the the spread of the virus. We didn't do a good job having conversations around social issues. We did not do a good job when it comes to politics. The extremists on both sides have just turned this entire country into a, a us versus them kind of mentality. And if you're one of those people, and I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you probably aren't. Therefore, you see them around you and they're probably in your f- friendship or family circle who just see the world as black and, as black and white. They just see it like you're, you're either on the side of Black Lives Matter or you're on the side of All Lives Matter and there's no two ways about it. 
you're either a Republican or you're a Democrat, and whichever side you're on, then you believe everything that you've ever heard that party believes in. If you're cool with restaurants being closed down because you don't want this, you you don't want the virus to spread, then you also don't care about small businesses and you want everybody to fail and you want everybody to be sleeping in the street in a garbage can. There are infinite ways to see so many things that are happening around us. And I put an inordinate amount of time into stepping into conversations where I have a very strong opinion. I, I, I put a ton of time into working at being emotionally grounded whenever I know somebody's getting ready to display an opinion that goes against something that I've done a lot of reading about or I've just done a lot of habituation around my own belief and they don't believe in it. They have their own ideas. When you determine your values, when you, when you think about your, social, your, your self-awareness and your self-management, one of the factors that goes into dis- determining your values and how, you, and how you will manage and are aware of yourself is the term assertiveness. And assertiveness, whenever we discuss it in self-management or self-awareness, and certainly within uh, your decision-making on what you value, your value system, assertiveness is the expression of your of your opinions, of your feelings, your attitudes, right? The, the rights that you have as a human, the rights that you have as a person, without undue anxiety upon yourself where you feel confident being able to say, no, this is my opinion. This is the feeling I have around this. This is, this is the attitude that I'm putting toward this. These are the feelings I have on this topic. And being able to do that without undue anxiety. When you think about how people are talking about things, there is more than likely a significant amount of anxiety that we are having around expressing how we really feel, our attitudes on a subject, the opinions that we have about these hot-button topics and issues that are going around everywhere. And the reason this anxiety forms is because we're pretty sure that the other person more than likely doesn't believe all the way the way we believe. And then it becomes like some sort of BS argument about why my way of thinking is better than your way of thinking. When in reality, what we need to step into is this empathy that we have for all humans without, because we don't really know what they've gone through. Without any real backstory, even when they tell us their backstory, even when they explain to us the suffering they've gone through, the experiences they've had that have, that have led them to have this strong opinion, value, or belief around a particular, particular subject. Even when they explain that, they're still replaying it to us from their memory. And if you remember, you know, I don't know how well you all remember these episodes, but back in episode 27, I talked about how an external event gets into your brain And three things happen to it. It gets deleted, it gets distorted, or it gets generalized. This is what the conscious mind does. The unconscious mind takes in 2 million bits of data a second. 
the conscious mind can only take in roughly 120. I read somewhere that it's 126. The way computer chips work, 126 isn't a number. 128 would be it. I've debated this with people, and they're like, no, their research said 126. I'm like, well, look, it goes 4, it goes 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128. Right? Let's just agree on that at the very least. So if the human brain takes in two some million bits of data a second, the unconscious mind records all of it. The conscious mind takes in 128. At best, it's like a really fast Nintendo. <laughs> when that happens, and because it happens, it cannot possibly record everything that's happening around it. So it deletes the things that it doesn't believe it needs. It has a tendency to distort or and generalize the rest. Because it's just looking for a way to compartmentalize what's happening to it, what's happening around it. The deletion is really super to notice in because of this the because of the reticular activation system, right? Whenever you think about like if you've ever thought, oh, you know what, I'm I, I like bears, or I'm gonna buy a, a, a Honda Santa Fe, or I'm gonna get myself a pug dog. The moment you think that and you determine that about yourself, all of a sudden you see pug dogs everywhere. You see Hyundai Santa Fe's everywhere. You see bears all over the place. They were always there, but your brain was just deleting that stuff out. It, it wasn't necessary. There was no reason why you needed to notice a Hyundai Santa Fe. There's certain cars that are on the street, like those fancy, those super fancy ones, Lamborghinis or, you know, Ferraris or any other car that's fancy. Because when you see them, they just stand out so much because they don't look like all the other cars. Other than that, the rest of them just sort of blend in. Until you've made a decision to get one, or until you dated somebody with one, and now all of a sudden you see them everywhere. When you're not seeing those things everywhere because you haven't told your brain to pay attention for them, it's deleting that stuff. The rest of it, it, it it's it's either distorting, right? So, oh yeah, you know, the assailant was six foot tall. All of a sudden they're six foot six. All you know, they were skinny, but all of a sudden they're built like a brick shit house. Right, it, it it distorts things because that's just it's just sort of the tendency of the brain to just to to morph it into and again it's usually distorting it based on our previous experiences of someone or something that reminds us what we just saw that someone or something reminds us of something from our past or someone from our past, so we 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 try to con- we try to make that connection, so that it just becomes more memorable. It's just what the brain does. I know it sounds insane, but it's just what the brain does. And then it generalizes the rest. This is how prejudices. This is how bigotry. This is this is this is where those prejudices come from. The brain's just looking for a way to generalize. Somebody cuts you off, you speed up, you look over to the right to see who's in there. All of a sudden it's an old person with gray hair, and you're like, ah, freaking old people. It wouldn't have mattered, honestly, if it would have been somebody who looked just like you. All of a sudden it'd been like, ah, stupid people with unkept hair. Stupid people wearing hoodies. Right? It's just, our brain just generalizes to sort of make sense of everything that's going on around it. Right? It gets in there and we create these stories, this inner perception of what we've experienced. And it creates this emotional state in us, right? Which which rolls back to a response that, we, that we'll have about it. When it goes through these filters, this delete, this distortion, this generalize, the way that it does those three things is based on our beliefs, our values, and our memories. 
again, if it's going to generalize, it's going to generalize based on things that you've experienced in the past. It's going to delete things that you just don't you just don't believe are necessary. It's going to distort things based on our previous experiences or perhaps the things that we believe in or value. And I go back all over this, and we're going to wrap up soon because it's Thanksgiving weekend, and I want you guys to get out there and have a great time. Because as we start thinking about the three primary securities of the certainty of our future, the fear of judgment, and other people's definition of success being the three main principles, the three three main primary securities we want to hold on to as we begin to step into this next year. And then we start thinking about what is our best version of ourself going to look like? I get really weirded out when I go to tell people what my 2020 has been like, because honestly, it's been pretty freaking fantastic. I got furloughed from my job in March. Those awesome $600 checks came in that allowed me to pay off some debt. Because I'm a live coach and an NLP trainer and I've got these podcasts, I have plenty of things to do. I have tons of things that I enjoy doing. I wrote a freaking book and put it out this year, College Success Habits, The Seven Powerful Principles, to help you excel in college and beyond. If you haven't gotten your copy yet, you need to get over to Amazon because they're there now. Bestseller. I moved out of Hollywood into an amazing place with my girlfriend out here in the valley. I got my own amazing office. Got all my stuff in here. I feel like I got my little creativity cocoon. I've stayed healthy throughout this entire thing other than smashing my face on the bottom of the ocean and almost paralyzing myself. I mean, aside from that, I have been doing relatively well with my health. I've been able to burn off all all the fat I put on at the beginning of the pandemic. And I did all this, and I tell you all this, not to say, oh, look at me, I'm so amazing. No, it was because I stepped into these three primary securities that I, I stepped into them. The certainty of the future. I realized that there is no certainty. Was there ever really? Not so sure. But we sure as hell thought there was. Fear of judgment. Look, anytime I get on the microphone, anytime I get in front of the Zoom to give up a, to give on a presentation, I spent years learning how to give how to become a public speaker and do so in front of people. And now I'm doing it on Zoom. It is not the same, and I am trying my damnedest. But let's face it, there is Zoom fatigue setting in because we have been zooming the hell out of stuff for some time now. But I release that fear of judgment. Maybe I don't always say the best thing on the microphone, but I swear I'll keep getting up here and I'll keep putting my best foot forward and I'll do all the research I can to bring you interesting topics. And then I've been, and then I've released what, uh, the definition that other people have around success. Success for me is going to bed every night knowing I did a better job today than I did yesterday. That I put that I did everything possible to be a better human when my head hits the pillow than I was in the morning. That's my that that's that's my main primary goal. When my head hits the pillow, did I do everything in my power to take one step forward in an aspect in an area of my life? That's the things that you can ask yourself of as you move into these holidays. Probably not able to go back to campus, more than likely taking your finals over the computer. Not really sure what the spring is going to bring us. Not really sure how the country is going to look as we start to transfer power from one president to the next. Not sure how the virus numbers are going to be affected with the cold weather coming up. 
Not sure how social issues are going to be ironing themselves out, considering we've got an entire country that seems firmly planted in believing that the other side is Satan. There is only so much of that that you can truly influence. The rest of it is just you in your world being you, who you're directly in contact with, who you're directly talking to. Are you being the best version of yourself around them? Are you showing them that you're willing to step out of your comfort zone into an area of uncomfortability in order to achieve something that other people have only dreamt about? The time is going to pass. The earth will continue to spin. It might start spinning faster in order to get rid of us, right? Just try to shoot us off into outer space. But the bottom line is that time will continue to to roll through. It'll just keep rolling. The sun will go up. The sun will come down. As we move into Thanksgiving and you have this opportunity in a couple of days to really think about what you're thankful for, look for things to be thankful for. And then really be grateful. Like, don't just say that I'm thankful for my family or I'm grateful for this, that, or the other. And I did an episode on grateful versus thankful, and you can go hunt that one down. If I didn't do it on the College Success Habits show, I know I did it on the Sobriety show. But there's a difference between grateful and thankful. And let's not, let's not get too wiped out in semantics because we're wrapping up the show here. But th- I think, you know what? I want to real fast. I think thankful is something that you are, whenever somebody does something for you, you're thankful for your mom doing your laundry. But you're grateful that there is a washing machine to do laundry. Right? You're grateful for, it's like you're grateful for something that's abstract. Like, I'm grateful for soda water. I did a whole thing about soda water one time, right? Now, I'd be, but if, if my girlfriend brought me the soda water, I'd be thankful to her for bringing me the soda water. But I'm grateful for the soda water. So as you're sitting at the table this year, who are you thankful? What has somebody done in your life that has been an amazing assistance this year? Talk to them about that. Tell them thank you for that. And then look around at the things that you're grateful for in life. The fact that you have a home to spend it with over the holidays, even if everybody isn't there like they used to be. Grateful that you were able to make it through such a tumultuous year in relatively one piece. Think about the things that you're grateful for. Think about the things that you're thankful for and then let those people know about it. Say it out loud. Step into this new version of yourself with a positive toward energy and not a negative away energy. 2020 is almost done. The political strife won't just go away. The social issues just won't come and fix themselves. The coronavirus isn't just going to magically disappear one day. Neither will any of the other things that were bothering us. Global warming is still here, and oligarchies are still here, and a tumultuous economy is still here, and I don't know, I think that the brown lizard in Florida is eating all the green lizards. That's still going on. (laughs) There are too many things to even begin to count and list that can affect us on any given day. I just want you to be able to sit down and look back at what this year has brought and the strength and perseverance you've done and you've pushed through so many different things to get where you're at. 
and the areas in your life that you know you can work on and improve so that you behave or you act or you do it a different way in the future, great. Great. You're self-aware enough to notice that about yourself, which means that you can actually start making changes in a positive direction about those things. Think about all of this and just the love you want to have for everybody around you. It's been a tough year for everyone. Let's really step into a, a space of thankfulness and gratitude this Thanksgiving. Because this year has been tough enough without all of us being dicks to one another about stuff that most of us don't even really have control over. You have control over your space and your sphere of influence. So be a bright, shiny light so other people are drawn to you. And start making the change you want to see in the world one-on-one with the connections you're making with people over this holiday season. I'll see you next week. As always, the power of positive energy, release and flow, inclusivity over exclusivity. Much love, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. 